Welcome to Women Who Sarcast and Real Deep Shit. I'm Kathy Barron. Real Deep Shit is all about real and deep topics. Just you and me. So let's jump in. I don't know about you, but I've been pissed off since the 2016 election. That has turned into rage since March, and I'm fed up. What do you do when you're fed up? Would you consider yourself an activist? Are you a boots-on-the-ground kind of person in your city? Do you write your senator? Do you express yourself via social media? What is an activist? Who is a protester? Is there a difference? I have so many questions. Webster's Dictionary describes an activist as someone who advocates or practices activism, a person who uses or supports strong actions, such as public protests, in support of or opposition to one side of a controversial issue. A protester is a person who publicly demonstrates strong objection to something. Protesters may organize a protest as a way of publicly making their opinions heard in an attempt to influence public opinion, government policy, or they may undertake direct action in an attempt to directly enact desired changes themselves. The right to protest is guaranteed by the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. It states, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So basically, in non-1789 speak, the First Amendment protects freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press, and right to petition. Freedom of assembly. It doesn't say that people are free to assemble only when the government sees fit. It doesn't say that people are free to assemble only when they are spreading messages that the government approves. Freedom of assembly means people can freely walk, bike, ride the streets day or night to speak freely and demonstrate their objection to anything they damn well please. Activists can protest and demand for change in ways that any elected official can't. Activists often make bold, defiant, and resounding cases for change that a politician may support but lacks the power to implement. Activism has been around for thousands of years and consists of efforts to promote, impede, direct, or intervene in social, political, economic, or environmental reform with the desire to make changes in society toward a perceived greater good. Most, if not all, protests are peaceful. It's not about violence. It's not about looting. It's about having thousands of voices heard. In case you've forgotten, here are some examples of activism in U.S. history. The Boston Tea Party. The Stonewall Riots. The Women's March in D.C. Black Lives Matters. Women's Suffrage. The Labor Movement. 
disability rights, anti-war, farm workers protesting with UFWA, civil rights, environmental movement, immigrant rights, Occupy Wall Street movement, Native American rights. The 40-hour work week was because of the labor movement. These are are examples of people's need to have a voice and to be free from oppression. What is oppression, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question. Oppression is unjust or cruel exercise of authority or power. Something that oppresses, especially in being an unjust or excessive exercise of power, a sense of being weighed down in body or mind. Think of a time when you felt oppressed. How did it make you feel? What were the circumstances? Did you or someone else do anything about it? Was justice served? Was change made? Let's sit with that for a moment. One way activism has expanded through the years is with technology. It has played a huge role in quickly mobilizing people, and it's how people connect with others to raise awareness and express themselves. Twitter and Instagram are very popular social media platforms that people use to mobilize, protest, call out, and call upon. It's how we get raw, true information because the media either A, isn't covering the stories, B, is putting a spin on the coverage, or C, covers it for one day for 15 seconds, and then you never hear about it again. One example is what's happening right now in Portland, Oregon. And it's disgusting and it's appalling what is happening in Portland right now. And I learned about it first through Instagram, where friends of mine have posted raw footage and reposted from those who are experiencing it firsthand. I haven't seen anything on the news. I haven't seen anything on the internet. haven't seen anything in the newspaper, local news, national news, nothing. And in case you haven't heard, for more than six weeks, Portland police have clashed with activists speaking out against racism and police brutality in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. The current administration has sent federal officers from the U.S. Marshals Service and the Department of Homeland Security to Portland. They are now occupying downtown to quote-unquote protect federal buildings and statues. Allegedly, someone had sprayed graffiti on some of the federal buildings, and that is why the federal officers were deployed to Portland, so they could protect the federal buildings from being graffitied on again, apparently. Seems crazy, but, you know, got to protect the federal buildings with tear gas and rubber bullets so protesters don't spray graffiti on them. In the last few days, there have been unmarked vehicles with unidentified masked camouflaged men grabbing activists off the street without an explanation or provocation. Word on the street is that the current administration is using Portland as a test 
to see if it could be done in other cities, and of course, to show just how butch the quote-unquote man in the White House can be. This is just a snippet of what's happening in Portland. And if you'd like more in-depth information, I did see a New York Times article published a few days ago. And you can also go on Twitter and search the hashtag Portland protests. This could happen in any one city at any time. And Portland is proof of that, that the government can send federal officers into any city to have a police state. And these protesters were protesting peacefully, and it's been about 51 days that they've been protesting. And because someone sprayed graffiti on a federal building, now there are federal officers to protect the federal buildings and the statues. However, the video that I have seen is that they are not being provoked by any of the protesters. They are shooting tear gas and rubber bullets at the crowds for no reason whatsoever. And this is just another example of how we need to defund the police. And I know people get all uptight about the word defund. To defund means to reallocate funds. So funds that are spent for police departments, we could reallocate them to, say, I don't know, public education so that teachers don't have to spend their own money buying supplies for their students. Or, hey, how about we find housing for the homeless population in this country so that everyone has a roof over their head and is able to provide for their families. What a concept. So, this might surprise you. Research suggests, after all of what I just said, research suggests that engaging in political activism can promote well-being. Well, unless, of course, you're being shot at with tear gas and rubber bullets, then all bets are off. From the National Institute of Health website, Working toward something bigger than the self is a fundamental human striving, and actions that are directed toward the welfare of others or one's community facilitates personal well-being. The article went on to say that people appear to be happier and more satisfied with life when they connect with other individuals or groups to work together to improve society. Even engaging in activism online can benefit well-being. Where there's an upside, there's always a downside. So the downside to activism is, of course, burnout and emotional exhaustion. It's imperative that our voices be heard. It doesn't matter if it's marching in the streets, door-to-door canvassing, public meetings, rallies, sit-ins, stand-ins, tying yourself to a tree in the redwoods, or posting on social media. It's all in action on behalf of a cause. In the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast and Real Deep Shit. Show music provided by Mike Imbasiani. You can find him at mikeimbasiani.com. Thank you.